We don't grow alone. We flourish when we do life together. To flourish means to grow or develop in a healthy way, especially as a result of a particularly favorable environment. Join me for conversations about growth and change as we talk about what it means to flourish and create the community you crave. You're listening to the Flourish Together podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Worley. Hey guys, you're listening to episode 22 of the Flourish Together podcast. This conversation is really special because this is a conversation with one of my very good friends and actually a friend that I did not meet uh, on the internet. And it's just a really special conversation and a really fun experience for me to have a very dear friend of mine. And you guys have heard me talk about in prior episodes, uh, I think in the episode where I talked about um, what is community and shared a little bit about my story in some of the earlier episodes, when you have heard me mention the group of girlfriends that I have in my life that have just been really um, um, monumental to have in my life and have really made the last several years of motherhood and friendship really special. Candace is a part of that group. And I met Candace um, at a mom's group that I led several years ago. And we'll talk about that a little bit in the episode. But this is a really fun conversation for me to get to have a really great and dear friend of mine on the podcast. And today we're going to be talking about Candace's journey with her husband as they are walking through the battle that he has with cancer. Candace and her husband, John, have been, uh, her husband, John, has been battling cancer for several years now. And um, I think it's just a really important, vulnerable conversation that her and I have that you guys get to listen in on. And one of the things that I really admire about Candace and John is not only their joy, but the strength that they have and how they lean on each other. And I've gotten to see that firsthand uh, being friends with Candace. Uh, I hope you guys find this conversation encouraging and um, and thanks for listening and supporting um, these kinds of conversations that we're going to have on the podcast. So without further ado, here is my conversation with my friend Candice. Welcome everybody back to another episode of the Flourish Together podcast. Today I'm excited to introduce you to my real life friend, Candice. <laughs> Candice, go ahead and say hello to the listeners and introduce yourself. Hello everyone. I'm Candice Hirschberger. Um, I have known Andrea for many years, which is lovely to say. Um, it's uh, been a joy to do life together with her and with her kids and her husband. Um, I, we've lived in Arizona. Uh, I've lived here all my life. I'm a native. Um, and my husband moved here uh, seven years ago and I got him stuck here. So here we are. <laughs> we have three kids. Um, our oldest is nine, a girl. And then we have a seven-year-old, almost eight-year-old girl, and a five-year-old little boy. I was trying to think when we met today, and I feel like Titus was either like one or two years old. 
I think yeah, I, I think we've known each other four or five years. I can't remember. I want to say the same. I think four or five. I was trying to figure the same thing out this morning, and I think you're right. I can't figure out if it was one or two. <laughs> yeah, so this is a treat for me because usually I interview, or all of my guests have been people that I have met through the internet, but it's fun <laughs> to have you on today and have one of my real-life friends um, get to share in the podcast with me today. It's a true treat to share with you and be on your podcast. I love it. So just a little background for all of you guys. Candace and I met when she was very brave and came to <laughs> the mom's group meetup that I had. Um, I've told you guys in the past episodes um, that I started a mom's group. I think it's been like five years ago now. And Candace showed up, bless her heart, because I never knew like week to week, if anyone was going to show up and you showed up and you stayed and you were consistent and you plugged in and we formed this really fun, beautiful friendship that I'm so thankful for. Yes, definitely. I remember that first day I was on the swings at Rio Vista Park and I was like, oh my God, I don't even remember her name. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, but it was great. It was great. I did. I was brave. <laughs> you were brave. And I was thankful because there were a couple times when we met at that park and like no one showed up and it <laughs> was kind of like a shot in the dark. Like, is anyone going to come? And then you came and you know, it was good. So what yeah. made you, what made you in that season? I don't think I've ever asked you this before. What made you in that season of your life want to step outside yourself and come to that mom's group? So I was in a time actually where um, both of my girls had started school and I still had Titus at home, our little guy. And um, I tried forever to get into a mom's group with all of my kids and they were all really full. Nobody had openings, mops groups, all those things. And um, somehow got connected with your group from another friend who never showed up to any of the events, mind you, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, of course, but yeah, right. So, but I was like, I am doing this. I need moms. I need this group and I need to find something that I can connect with. And so, um, I was very brave and stepped out and went for it. Um, I do not regret it. And since then I've joined three <laughs> wonderful moms groups that I cannot get enough of. So I love very that. Thankful. Yeah, I love that. And side note, what are these moms groups that are like too full that they don't have, right? that they don't have room for more moms? <laughs> exactly. You can have too many moms. Come on. I, I feel like that might be like the number one killer of your mom's group. If you don't have space for more moms. Mm -hmm. Absolutely so, right. Lesson learned. Anyone who wants to start a mom's group, make sure it's open enrollment. <laughs> Always. <laughs> okay. So you and your husband have just a really unique um, and unique to you guys through what you guys have been through. And uh, one thing I'll say to the listeners uh, as well as you, who is my friend, is that I want you to share a little bit about your story as much as you want to share. Um, but 
the thing you guys need to know about Candace from my perspective as her friend is that she, through all that you are going through and continue to walk through in life with your husband's journey, which I'll talk about, you are honestly one of the most joyful people always and consistently. Um, and I love that about you. And it's one of the things I admire about you the most. Mm. That's amazing and awesome. So I'll start, um, to give you guys kind of a heads up this month, six years ago was when my husband was diagnosed with cancer. Um, we had two small children at the time and we were in the middle of buying a home. Um, we moved into this house, uh, six years ago next week. Um, and, uh, it was just a, a huge shock for all of us. Like my husband's super healthy, super strong. Um, he works in air conditioning, commercial air conditioning in Arizona, you know, like he's just, um, incredibly amazing. But I do remember, uh, very vividly that first year. And it's so funny that people bring up joy all the time because that first year that we kind of started this journey and started going through this was, um, I just, the Lord just laid on my heart, you have to pray for joy. Um, and if you don't have this, and if you don't choose this, you're not going to get through this. And so um, I remember every day, fervently, every day praying for our family to find the joy that the Lord had for us in this journey. Um, and I still pray that, but not as often as I did that first year. But I just feel like that first year was the the pivotal point of us really finding that joy in this trial, this valley that the Lord had brought us through and is still through bringing us through. So it's quite an honor to hear often that I'm one of the most joyful people people know. I'm just like, what? Okay. It's got to be all those prayers. I'm telling you. <laughs> so, um, the first year that we did this, my husband wanted to have, um, wanted to do everything naturally, um, which was really hard for me. Uh, I worked at a doctor's office. Um, I'm very into the medical field things and stuff that was going on. And so that first year was really tough trying to figure out, okay, this is my husband. I'm supposed to follow him. It's not like a kid. I can be like, you know, you can't do this kind of thing. Um, and so it was a challenge, a huge challenge for me, um, not only to walk the path that he wanted to walk, but also to stand by him to people who didn't want to walk that walk or what didn't want to see us walk that walk. Um, yeah, it was a challenge for me and a growing, a growing year, big time. Um, a year into it, he decided he would try uh, chemo. So Titus was, our little guy was a month old when he started his first chemo stuff. Um, and it was as horrible as everyone thinks it is. <laughs> that first round was awful. Um, especially with a newborn on top of it. And, uh, it, after six months of that, they said, okay, it looks like it's worked. Um, we don't find any evidence of disease. Um, but within six months after that, it had come back. Um, so they still, they'll stay, they'll say they don't find any evidence of disease, but um, we all know that that was probably just too small for them to see, probably was never gone. 
Um, so he started another round of chemo, um, which did not touch it at all. So that was really frustrating and um, devastating in, in many ways. Um, we prayed a lot to figure out what to do and where to go on the next path, you know, the next step to take. Uh, and we decided to end up at the biomedical center, the Hoxie Clinic in Mexico. Um, during this time, I, I should tell you this because this is pretty heavy for me. But when I was first going through all this stuff, when John was first going through all of it, he didn't want me to go to any of his appointments with him. He wouldn't want me to do, you know, he would take his brother or my brother or um, a friend from church, mm. things like that, guy, guy friends. But I never, um, he never wanted me to come. Um, and I'm not still to this day, I'm not sure why. <laughs> but um, when we started going, he started going to the Hoxie Clinic in Mexico. The first few times I still didn't go. He didn't want me to go. Um, but it was a huge change I saw in him right away. Like there was a, he was being sustained. He was um, just doing really well, um, feeling great, lots of things. It took about a year to finally get through all the side effect things of everything else that he had done to his body, but really doing better. Um, and there was minimal growth, which was really, really great. Um, fast forward three years later to now, um, where we're still doing the Hoxie stuff, um, but he, we both knew that it was time for a change. The, the, the Hoxie was, you know, keeping it to a minimum of growth with, with very small amounts, but it wasn't getting rid of it. And it was, we know we need to get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. um, that's the biggest challenge, you know, for this. And so we started looking locally at some naturopathic doctors locally. And we ended up at the uh, naturopathic school of medicine, which is in Tempe, um, which is a really great resource. I was really surprised and very blessed by that, um, that college. And um, so we started going there and the doctor there recommended the, the naturopathic oncologist recommended that we actually go to this doctor that was in Chandler who actually treated her husband for the exact same cancer. Um, and she really felt that working together with that doctor and her would really make a huge impact. Excuse me. So, so we started that journey with the naturopathic oncologist and the oncologist that she recommended uh, four months ago. This will be the fourth round of chemo that, that John is continuing to do. Um, and happily, I say, halfway through the Hoxie Clinic stuff, I am able to go with my husband on these <laughs> um, cancer journeys. We call them medical dates now. <laughs> <laughs> um, we love our little medical dates. Um, but I've been to Mexico three times with him now, and I've gone to all of his chemo treatments with him now, his doctor appointments with him now. And honestly, that, that brings me a lot of joy to be able to be there and be wanted, um, mm. although it comes with challenges. But that's kind of the long six year in a shorter nutshell as I could make it. <laughs> yeah. You guys have had quite a journey, and it's a journey that you're still walking through. 
what do you feel like are some of the things that you have learned as a wife? Because I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but I was thinking about, I was thinking about you today and I was thinking about your story and thinking you and your husband are really living out those vows of in sickness and in health. What do you feel like, um, the Lord has been teaching you how to support him or just any lessons that you feel like you've really taken away from your guys' experience and journey so far? That's great. So the beginning of all of this, when my husband decided that he wanted to do more natural ways, um, I remember vividly people telling me like, you need to talk to your husband. He can't be doing this stuff. Like he needs to be doing what the doctors are telling him to do. And I just remember praying and saying, Lord, what do I tell these, these usually women? <laughs> yeah, um, of course. What? Yeah. Right. What do I say to these ladies who are, are pushing me? And I just remember one day I was talking on the phone with one of them and, um, she just started into it and she said, I hope it, she said, I hope this is okay for me not to be, um, or for, to me, for me to be telling you this. And I just said, you know what? It's not okay for you to be telling me this. You know, I said, it's, you need to tell John this. And I, my job as a wife is to follow my husband and to let him lead and to let me be a supporter of him. And it's not okay for you to be telling me what he should or shouldn't do and for me to tell him what he should or shouldn't do. Um, and it was the first time I feel like I actually stood up for something that was really hard in this whole journey. And um, I just remember feeling like this is what the Lord wants us to do as women to submit to our husbands, even when necessarily we don't fully believe what they're doing all the time you know there's yeah. a there's a challenge there with you know of course anything but um, unbiblical or whatever you wouldn't want to follow your husband in but I feel like there's a a challenge for us as women to have that submitting word <laughs> pop up and and man the more that I continue to do that and the more that I still continue to do that and let my husband lead our family, even when I don't know if he's going to be here in the next few months, it's blessed us completely and me too, because that's what and how the Lord set up a marriage, you know? Yeah. So that's probably my biggest, my biggest thing I remember vividly. Um, the other one would be the joy part. <laughs> um, it seems like it always comes up, but it's a challenge because um, when I'm up, he's down. When he's down, I'm up. Um, and thank the Lord we have not been down together because who knows what would happen. But we have been able to lift each other up and pray for joy and pray for each other um, more than I'm sure we would have if we were just doing fine. Mm -hmm. Um serving him is a is a huge a huge blessing and a huge curse all at the same time <laughs> um i feel like it's a with even with a 
husband who's well and doesn't have anything going on. You should, you know, serving your husband is tricky, but when they're, when there's something else going on on top of it, it makes it harder. And, um, you can get into that rut of starting to feel guilty and all of that stuff. And then I just have to remember that the Lord is and has put me on this journey with him, not, not, you know, by myself, we're together in this. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like that's the same way with him. That's good. I, I love what you said at the beginning when you talked about when you guys first got this diagnosis and you were first walking through this, that you felt like the Lord laid on your heart to pray for joy. And I thought that that was so interesting that you say that because I think to be joyful, it doesn't just happen on its own, that it takes a lot of thought, prayer, and intention to be joyful. Um, and how do you feel like you've practically done that other than prayer to make a choice to have joy in the midst of circumstances that are less than ideal or that are ever changing and not the same? Well, I read this wonderful quote earlier today that I was like, man, that's amazing. It just said that the, the most important word in choose joy is not joy. It's choose. Mm. Um, and it is so true. It's so vital. Like you can be walking through your day as a, you know, a mom or whatever, and you have, you know, something crazy happen where, you know, your kid decides to throw up all over you or something. And you can either decide to be like completely frustrated and totally have a bad attitude, or you can choose joy in that circumstance. And I think that in those day-to-day -day mundane things that we go through, um, choosing joy in them instead of the frustration helps the bigger things, you know, to be able to choose joy easier in those bigger things. Um, when, when you have a flat tire, it's the same idea. When you have a flat tire and you're, you know, you you can either think this was, is absolutely ruining my day. I have all these things going on. Or you can think, you know, the Lord may have saved me from something here. I just choose joy in whatever's happening. And I feel like that if you practice it continually, that it comes more naturally. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like, you know, the more that you're digging into the, the word, the Lord, and that you're leaning on him, the more that you are able to choose that joy and find the joy that he has for you. Because joy is not... Joy is not a circumstance. Joy is a choice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How do you, how do you and John as parents, um, like with your kids, how do you walk through this with your, with your kids, the hard circumstances and, and different things? This was such a good question. I, I still struggle with this a lot <laughs> um, because our kids are, you know, now nine, seven, and five. They're starting to understand a lot. Um, mm -hmm. Back when John was first diagnosed, they were super little and nobody, they didn't get what was going on, you know. Yeah. Um, 
And this, this last year in particular has been quite, quite a challenge, especially with our older two, because they really are starting to understand what's happening and they're starting to associate, you know, our friends have cancer and they're dying. Um, and I feel like the, the biggest thing is uh, to call on the Holy Spirit often. Like um, Naomi asked me, she's our middle one, she's seven. She asked me the other day, uh, she just said, mommy, I'm really scared. Is daddy going to die? And I just had to like, you know, immediately, oh goodness, Lord, help me please say the right things, you know? And um, I don't want him not to ask these questions. So I, you know, you want, you want to answer them the best that you can. Yeah. And um, I think, you know, bringing into it examples of others like for example my grandmother passed away early last year mm -hmm. and they were close to her and so for me to just be like you know you remember how grandma passed away it's it's not that she's gone forever remember that she's in heaven with jesus and that we're going to see her too soon again and you know it might be really difficult if daddy does die but that's not up to us that's up to jesus and when it's time for him to go, then we will be ready to celebrate and see him again in heaven. Anyway, it's just quite a journey and quite a joy and challenge at the same time when we walk um, with kids that ask questions that are deep. <laughs> um, yeah. I've thought intently about them um, getting them counseling and I, I know that's something that I think will definitely happen this coming year. It didn't happen yet just because I feel like the, the timing is not right with the end of the school year and everything that's happening. But the, I think leaning on those things that, that are already in place um, are, are really important. So our kids need love and help and support just like we do. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really important to be able to give them the same kind of um, care and concern that we would give ourselves and I know I try to give myself quite often you know good times with the Lord and and quiet times and so I know that they need to have those kind of things as well so I think leaning on resources are really important and I also think being open and honest about all the questions that they have you know no question is silly yeah. is really important yeah, and I find that to be true. All the things that you're saying as we've walked through just the death and the dying process with my grandmother. Yeah. Too. Like it's, I remember when, you know, all this happened with my, because our, our older kids are similar in ages and mm -hmm. especially our, our two oldest daughters. Um, and they, just like what you were saying, like you're, kids are so close to your grandma. Mine were as well. And I didn't know what like kind of questions they were going to have as things progressively got worse and she was on hospice. But I do remember telling my husband at the time that I remember I lost a grandparent when I was right around my daughter's age. And it was something that like, it just was like an event that happened and we never talked about it. And I remember thinking, I just wanted to do it so different. And I wanted my kids to be able to, like you said, ask all the questions that they wanted to. And mm -hmm. what you said about 
calling on the Holy Spirit, man, sometimes they will hit me with like some zingers, (laughs) you know, in those like first couple, you know, seconds, I'm just like silent prayer in my mind, you know, asking God to give me just wisdom and the right Mm -hmm. words to make sense and to really just guide their vulnerable like hearts that just have a lot of questions um, and never wanting them to shy away from wanting to explore their feelings because I, I realized through this whole little process that they are grieving too, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't know why I didn't expect them. I don't know what I expected, but I didn't expect them to have as many questions as they've had. And I knew mm-hmm. that they were going to be sad for sure. Um, but it's reminded me that, I mean, my grandma passed away two months ago and Mm -hmm. just today, you know, my daughter had questions and was sad and, you know, there's no time limit, you know, in grieving and there's no expiration date on their questions or how they're going to feel. And just to be, it's such a reminder as a parent to let them be open and just Mm -hmm. a big reminder of, to have a lot of grace for them too, because they're also just these like little people that, are grieving too. Yes. I remember Naomi, um, her teacher called me and she was just like, Candace, I don't know what's going on with Naomi, but she just came up to me today and she was just crying and I, and she didn't know what was wrong. And I was like, Oh man. And she just like the whole day, she just had this really rough, deep day and she was crying a lot and she didn't, she couldn't tell me why. And so I, when she came home that day, we had a little talk and she, and I asked her, I said, what's the matter? And she goes, mommy, I just don't know. Mm. And I said, Naomi, I so understand right where you are. And I said, you know, mommy sometimes feels that way too. And we just have to give each other more hugs Mm. and we have to just let each other go through this together. And it's okay not to feel okay all the time. And she's so so sweet. So look at me sometimes and I'll just be going through a rough moment. And she just says, mommy, you need more hugs, huh? Mm. I'm just like, oh yes, kiddo. I need more hugs. So I think just loving on your kids is like the biggest thing, but letting them be sad and not have a reason is totally okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know if you noticed this, but I, I noticed this a lot, like in our, just like sometimes in our Christian culture, like I, I meet so many, you know, women who they, they love God and, and they're living their lives surrendered to him, but they're, they're dealing with either deep things or feelings and they're just, they're not dealing with it because sometimes I think we like buy into this lie that just because we love Jesus and we're Christians doesn't mean we can't be sad because, you know, the Bible tells us to rejoice always and to be joyful. And the Bible does say that, but at the same time, we're going to be sad. And sometimes you just need to walk through that and process it. And it doesn't mean you love God any less. So I love that you're teaching your kids at such a young age to, you know, walk through their feelings, you know, feelings are your feelings, but you know, let's not stay there. Here's, here's where we want to go with it. Right. Definitely. Um, so 
I will always ask this question of all my guests um, at the end of our episode, who or what in your life is allowing you to flourish right now in the season that you're in? Well, I absolutely love this question and I thought about it a lot this last week. Um, and I'm, I have to say it's all the people that are praying for us that have um, continued to pray for us for the last six years and they don't give up. Mm. I wasn't supposed to cry at all in this, but you know, um, that's okay. Anyway, it's, it's not, it's not just the, the people that I see or that I feel like I'm close to all the time that see a lot, but it's those people that I don't know very well that are still praying for us. That's just incredible to me that they are still here. They're still going for it. They're still praying for the miracle that we're praying for. And, um, that, that helps me flourish so much. Oh, I love that. That makes me have a, another question. So if you were <laughs> talking to somebody right now, what would you say is besides prayer, what is one thing that you would say to somebody who's walking through a hard season, walking through a hard time, how they can be a supportive community to that friend or that family member or that acquaintance in their life? Great question. So the the thing I feel like we always want to do is like we want to figure out how to fix it for them. We want to figure out what we can do to help them. Um, we want to send them things that can help them. Like I get all kinds of things from all kinds of people saying, you know, this could help, this could help, that could help. And those are really sweet and good. And the intentions are beautiful. Mm. But honestly, the main the main thing and the most important thing that constantly blesses my heart is just being with people, like going and doing life with people who know what you're going through, who know what's going on, who just be with you and do life with you anyway. Um, they don't run away from the hard stuff. They just stay there. And sometimes they don't have to say anything, but just being there in their presence and knowing that they will always be there no matter what. It's huge. Um, small gifts in the mail, letters are the big ones. Small little letters in the mail, um, just random encouragement that doesn't have anything to do with anything. Brighten my day all the time. I'm sure they do for anybody, but when you're going through something deep for such a long time, it's really sweet to find some happy mail in your mailbox on the day when you're like, oh, you know. Um, I think, you know, bringing meals are really great, but they're challenging too. So sometimes it's just, you know, what can I get you? I'm at the store today, you know, um, little things like that that make huge differences. And sometimes it's not even getting anything. Like I said, it's really just the presence of those people being there and not walking away. I remember when we first started going through a lot of this, um, especially for John, I don't think it happened so much for women. Um, I still have some really great deep friends, but I think for John, like a lot of people left, like a lot of friends, he doesn't have them anymore. Mm. Um, and that's not to say anything negative about them, but they just don't know what to say or don't know what to do. And so they don't come around or they don't say hi, or they don't do that. And I think that's the one thing that hurts the worst. 
um, that you don't want to happen and that you don't want to do is that you want your friends and your connections to not leave and to be there present with you. That's yeah. probably the biggest thing. Well, Candace, thank you for joining me today for this episode of the podcast. Thank you for making space in your day um, to record with me. I appreciate you being vulnerable and honest and sharing your story. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Andrea. I love that I can do this with you. And thank you for what you're doing. It's been a wonderful podcast to listen to. Oh, thank you. Okay. So if anyone wants to connect with you after uh, this episode airs, where can they find you online or connect with you? So Instagram is my favorite place. It's uh, Candace, C-A-N-D-A-C-E underscore Hirschberger, H-E-R-S-H-B-E-R-G-E-R. You can find me on Facebook as well in the same place. Awesome. And I'll leave links to both of those social media um, in the show notes uh, for people that want to go and click on those links um, if they don't remember off the top of their head. So thank you, Candice, for joining me. Thank you, Andrea. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Flourish Together podcast. If this podcast has impacted you, I'd love for you to leave us a rating and review. Jump on over to whatever listening platform you're enjoying the podcast on and leave us a review and rating. It really helps spread the mission of the podcast even farther and helps other people hear about the show. You can find show notes to this episode, freebies, and more on my website at andreamworley.com and find me on Instagram at andreamworley so we can connect. Thank you guys for listening and I'll see you in the next episode.